episode 50 we're halfway through yeah except because of the bonus things it's like 56 57 something like that and we probably won't stop at 100 if we get there <laughs> well you know every word we say every breath we take is, is one one step closer to the end of the podcast finishing forever so what we're talking about today uh today we are going to talk about some three letter terms that get thrown around all the time uh and that is cli and gui nice. am i saying that right <laughs> uh well i would say half <laughs> but which half is up for debate <laughs> i would normally say gui but yes. for the listeners i said just spelt gui yeah, I would I would also say GUI. I would say CLI when we're talking about that kind of context. But I did used to work with a man who called it a CLI. He would call them CLIs. And it was, I found it I found it a bit peculiar, but I don't know if that's normal. I mean, there might be a lot of people that say, do that. I have only heard of people refer to it as CLI. Yeah, uh, well, with the exception of this one former colleague, ditto. Um, so what do they stand for, Ed? Uh, CLI is Command Line Interface. And GUI is graphical user interface. So we're talking about the difference between using a traditional artisanal computer program. In fact, I suppose maybe that terminology is completely wrong. That's it. The th- what normal what normies, non-computer people, think of as a computer program is something you see, like you move a mouse around a screen and you press buttons and there are form fields and, and things happen by using your mouse. Um, but I guess a proper computer program some people would call it, happens in the command line, um, which is when you look at you look into, you see a hacker on a television show and they're typing away and all you see is a little green type on a black screen. That's the command line. They're interacting with the computer that way. There's a very good website for doing that. Oh, uh, HackerTyper. Hacker yes, it's HackerTyper.net. Oh, put it in the show notes. It looks like... Well, it looks like how, it looks like how you sound at the moment. Your ridiculously noisy keyboard. I just, I just did some hacker typing to avoid uh, listener questions. What, what was the, the noise that we were hearing? What was the, ty- what keyboard are you using? Uh, it's actually a uh, Apple wireless keyboard. No, really. <laughs> wow. At home, yeah. Oh. At work, I've got a mechanical one. <laughs> I thought you were on your weird little ten keyless clackety clackety thing. I was hitting it quite hard. Yeah. So CLI is something you would type into the command line it's kind of like talking well i suppose as close you can get to talking directly to the computer as possible well i it's another interface isn't it i would dispute that i think it, there's no it's not any closer or further away than a gui I, you could do a lot more with it though depends depends on the gui doesn't it mm. and your knowledge there's someone who I, I, the whole point of graphical interfaces is that they're more intuitive people could get more done quickly with less training and with less knowledge mm. possibly but that's what we'll that's up for discussion oh, okay 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 <laughs> i'll let you lead the way this week's question is what's so special about the command line and as you've heard i think it's special tom obviously doesn't never uses a command line he's just <laughs> he's mr gooey yeah, oh yes, yeah, completely, no. Um, <laughs> Style over substance. Well, let's get right into it then. I think I would be very surprised if there are any people kind of millennial age and younger, so I think I'm probably maybe I'm on the cusp of this, whose first experience with computers it hasn't been with a, a graphical interface of some kind. I think most people will have started out thinking of computers as the graphical interfaces that we see 
uh, Windows or Mac. Did you not start with DOS? That's a very good point. I did start with DOS, but only very, I never owned a DOS PC myself. I only ever borrowed other people's, played on other people's uh, houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for like, oh, what was it called? Uh, Captain Comic on was the I could fire up a DOS game, and there was a version of Snake on. We had some friends who had an Apple, and that was quite exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of. I think it was a Macintosh. I don't know what kind. Point being, most people I think nowadays start off with computers being point move the mouse around and click on things where but then at some point almost every program or certainly every programmer i know and most of the sort of front end developers and the people who are sort of maybe on the more design end of the spectrum also know how to use their what they think of as the terminal or the command line whatever you want to call it but the text interface with your computer yes and this i think it does uh, give you more ways of interacting with your computer perhaps along with uh, like visual applications as well but it kind of it makes things like searching for files or making new folders things like that it makes it can make that a lot quicker and easier and you could also kind of make scripts so that you can kind of run this script and it'll do like a set of things for you instead of having to drag your mouse and click on certain things each time well, there you go you've answered the question again in a single sentence at the very start of the episode that's what's so special <laughs> But I think you're right, though. I think it's it's about speed. It's uh, yeah, the, the efficiency that comes with that. Like I think a lot of people find it quicker to get things done in the command line, and often you can get access to tools that you wouldn't have access to with a with a graphical interface because people just haven't. It's easier to make a command line program than it is to make a good GUI. Yeah, and things like Vim are like used in the terminal, so I can just I can immediately start writing code or writing text straight through the terminal by just typing vim and press enter and then that i can i can create things there so i don't have to go around and right click create new file or open word or something and wait for that to load and then click a new blank document and then file save as i could just vim whatever i want the file to be called enter type what i want save it and quit if you know how to do that and you're good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you forgot the step of Googling how to quit Vim. Yeah, that's, that was <laughs> it's very easy. Colon Q. <laughs> but then at the other end of the spectrum, I mean, I think it depends on where in the stack you're coming from as well. I mean, so coming from a design background, like now I can I can reasonably successfully create an, an edit, a simple SVG in the in a, a text-based program, which then could be Vim. So I could, in theory, do it in Vim or Nano in a, in a terminal. Um, but you absolutely cannot do serious illustration work in the command line, for instance. You need a GUI for that. You need something like Sketch or Illustrator or Figma or any kind of these visual tools to do visual work. Um, and at some point, there is that kind of interchange because a lot of people, I think a lot of front-enders, interact with design as much as they do with um, sort of traditional programming. So that, uh, that interchange is where you kind of get things like CSS, where you're doing a bit of both and perhaps in certain circumstances a graphical interface is better i think some people will find things like uh, box shadow generators and gradients and stuff there are tools online that will help you do that like essentially someone's built a gui shoved it in a web page and that's saving people a lot of effort typing stuff that they would otherwise have to type out by hand mm. yeah i suppose that for visual stuff that's probably the only way we're humans the only way we're going to probably be able to understand it in our heads is by seeing it visually on the screen as opposed to 
if you're writing code or something, you don't really need to worry about that so much. I guess you lose a bit of precision maybe, but then it depends how the GUI is written. Yeah, it very much depends on, on what you're trying to do. I think you, you absolutely gain precision, particularly doing SVG work and vector illustration, stuff like that. Um, you gain precision from doing it in a, in a GUI. Um, but I think the important thing is we, you always, as a developer, either whether you're doing the front end or the back end, you are going to need to know at some point how to use the command line. It is something that is widely used. And as far as I know, I don't know any developers that don't know how to use the command line. Um, I think I probably know, I probably I can probably think of a couple off the top of my head who are front-end developers who get by fine without it. And I think it's not 100% essential. I would say every new every new developer, everyone who's learning it should... <laughs> Everyone who's learning to develop should learn to use the, the terminal. I would, it's a very, uh, very useful skill to have. Um, I don't think it's essential, but I think you'll, if you don't know it, you'll constantly be fighting, fighting the fact that you don't know it and having to work harder to get around it. Yeah, and people, it, it sounds like this special thing, but you're just you're just typing text into a command line. Maybe you, you don't get necessarily that visual that visual response that you would usually get from a GUI application, but I think it's it's not actually that hard a learning curve um, once you get used to kind of moving around. So like the way you move between folders is you see, you type CD and then you type the name of the folder you want to move in. So you're kind of saying change directory into folder A. So I type CD space A, enter, and then you'd be in that next folder. Or if you go back, you press CD space dot dot, takes you back. But that's stuff you've got to learn. But once that becomes like second nature to you it becomes a lot easier to work with the command line and work and it, yeah you kind of you don't you're not really thinking oh i'm here working in the command line i've got to all oh, i've got to move back a folder you kind of just do it instinctively once you've been doing it and once you get into the habit of doing it yeah so it's a skill similar to learning to drive isn't it to just get around in that kind of environment so once you learn it it's much much quicker to find a particular file that you're looking for and then within that file within that file find the line of code that you're looking for you can do all that much more more quickly with the command line if you know how to do it um, yeah. i think a lot of people that in, when in when you're in that intermediate stage where you have to think and remember all the commands you might actually be like oh well, i could just move the mouse open the folder and boom it's there and i've got it and but you're getting you're adding in actually like the, the physical <laughs> physical act of moving oh my god we're so lazy we don't want to do that um but then also like the time it takes programs to boot up if you just if you just want to read a file opening up even in a simple text editor is a lot slower than just like catting catting it into the command into the command line um, yeah but i think you're kind of talking about it in terms of just like using the command line to operate your computer in general whereas where a lot of people intersect with it is doing specific tasks and i i mean i will confess i was like doing what I was thinking of at the time as programming for probably about a year before I even ventured into the terminal. I kind of knew that it was there and that I could, if I Googled and was following along with a, like a Stack Overflow answer or a tutorial, I could get something done in it, but I was never like never interested in using it. I was always much more in favor of the sort of the graphical alternatives because there is a level of, I don't know if I don't, stigma's not the right term, but gatekeeping <laughs> quite possibly yeah it feels more intimidating than it actually is um yeah i suppose thinking back to it when i i probably first you like really understood the terminal when i was when i moved over to linux so when i started using linux for a bit when i was learning because i didn't have 
uh, I didn't have money for a Mac and I wanted a bash system. Um, we'll talk about that a bit more later, what bash means. It's kind of like the way you interact with the computer. So it's, it's like a language really, but that doesn't, that uh, there isn't like a Unix system for Windows yet. It's coming soon. Um, so I kind of got into Linux and then with Linux, there, you have to do a lot of things on the terminal, so on the command line. So like you say, it was a lot of tutorials and then I, like you slowly gradually build up that knowledge of what you're doing on the terminal and then you can build it on top of that knowledge and it gets more powerful the more you do. So because this is much more fresh for you than it is for me, you've come to it more recently, how did you know that this was a, school, a skill that you needed and that's something you would need to do when? I can understand saying, oh, I'm doing some programming. Well, Linux looks fun. What was the impetus in that change and what at what stage did you realise you had to learn the command line? I can't exactly remember why I, I kind of just... I'd never got on, like, all the tutorials I saw basically weren't in the Windows command. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called, command line, command prompt, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of all the tutorials were in this thing called Bash, and I was like, oh, what's that? Uh, and Googled it some more, and I need, oh, a, a Unix system? What does that mean? And that's just like a, the, the way the computer works in, in the background. Um, so when you were getting to, like, get, you knew you wanted to do programming, and you were trying to learn how to do programming and you would find that you could you couldn't get things done on windows yes yeah so i i I moved over to to linux so i could then like writing so what i was doing was writing python apps so the way you write python well they're they're scripts essentially you write one file called something something dot pi and then in your command line you type python three space and then the name of the file, then it runs that program for you. And if anyone's learning Node, that's exactly the same process that you go through, like the first Node tutorials are exactly like that. Yeah, so that was kind of, that's what I thought coding was. I thought you, um, I, I, I knew that there were these like EXEs or, or DMGs on Mac, aren't they, for apps and things like that. I knew those existed. I wasn't sure how you, I would ever end up writing those, but I saw in all the tutorials, like the first place you do, you go is you write some lines of code, then you run it on your system. And I found the quickest way of doing that was on my command line. I, f- I go to that folder, write the file, run it. At the beginning, I had two terminals up on my screen, one where I was writing it when I was learning Vim and I was, I'd write the code at the top. And then the bottom one, I'd, I'd change down to the bottom one and then run the Python script and see what it output. Because most all my all my programs at the beginning just output some text on a line, so they are they are what they call CLI programs essentially. Um, all the interaction with that app or with that script or with your code is through the command line. There was nothing that popped up. I couldn't click on anything. I just had to do it by writing text. And a lot of, I mean, that that's the easiest and purest perhaps way to start like writing code and running that code, um, but also as you get like further into the weeds a lot of utilities a lot of tools are written in that very same way so you are there's a distance between that kind of programming and writing an application that boots up on your computer and has an interface um, but that kind of software that runs in the command line and does a very specific task can be very very complicated and very like large in scope but is still using that same paradigm that is what you learn on like maybe your first day even of learning how to code yeah, so I think the the second thing I did was kind of learn that you can add arguments to your command line program. So instead of just running Python M and then the name of the script, I could add as many words as I wanted after it, and it would do things with those words. So I could say Python uh, Python space add dot pi, and then 
space one space two press enter and i've if i've written the program correctly it'll add one and two together so and then you can start kind of interacting with files on the system as well um so it kind of yeah like you say they these programs can get really complicated just because they're just text just on the command line doesn't mean they're simple no no and they, i think the complexity as well is something that the reason that guis exist almost is to make life easier i mean i wish i wish there was a good gui for ffmpeg for instance that's like one of the command line tools that's completely ancillary to programming but it's a essentially a media file converter program uh, used for like bouncing out gifs and editing like really simple edits to video and converting from file formats and such i'm um, dealing with images resizing them really really powerful tool really useful like Oh, an absolute monster to try and like learn. I can't memorize, as much as I try, can't memorize any of the aspects of it but because it's doing very, very complicated things, like you say, with arguments. So you're writing a single command that is probably longer than most of the programs you'd write when you're first learning to code. It's a ridiculous amount of typing. Um, but it's a very powerful tool, and no, there is no good equivalent that like, has the power that uh, is a GUI. I think maybe... One of the crucial differences is that the, it's much harder to make a GUI good, and a lot of people don't, like particularly programmers, if you're doing something com complex and programmery, you may be not interested in the UX skills that you need to make a good GUI for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just thinking if the, there's a, a, a Python program that takes a command line application and turns it into a GUI. So if there's inputs and things, oh, it, it automatically creates it. I was trying to find the what it was no. called, but I forgot. <laughs> no. But I, I should add as well that um, while I'm like often saying, oh, yeah, we, people maybe don't have GUIs to their programs because they don't know how or don't want to write a GUI for it, one of the major use cases of uh, CLIs, like applications that run in the command line, is automa in automation. So those what the application that you're using is just one step in a long and complicated process. And you're not going to be the one that's firing up that application and running it. That's going to be run by a, by another program itself. So there's absolutely no need for it to have a, a GUI. Yeah. Last week we talked about build pipelines. If the command line, if you could, didn't have programs that ran in the command line, your build pipeline would be useless because that's kind of interacting just with the command line. You can't get the, uh, well, not as far as I know, you can't get like an automated build pipeline that opens up a normal browser and moves the mouse around and clicks on stuff that would be very difficult to do and also wouldn't be the precise thing that you need um so that's another use case for the command line incidentally that's how i first got into um using the command line was i was um doing kind of pretty basic front-end website creation so writing css files and writing html files and opening up my ftp client to transfer those files over to a server so, i mean this is I mean, this is it was a job i was, yeah. was getting by on it but um I, I was getting excited by this fantastic thing called sas like the, giving extra power to to css i mean this is old hat now but in 2011 or 2012 whenever it was it was very exciting and i wanted to use it and there was a gui for doing that that would t you could write sas file and then point your like in the gui point your point out the folder that had your sas files in it and it would convert them into traditional css files for you like magically with the power of a gui mm -hmm. um but it didn't run on the <laughs> on the version of window of uh, uh os os x os 10 that i was using it was um like i was a version behind and back when you had to actually buy the updates i didn't have the update um and couldn't run the GUI because it was for a, a much more advanced version than my computer could handle. Um, so I, 
I had to learn the, the, the command line because it was the only way I could get this thing to work. But it was that process that led me to discover that, oh, actually, I don't need a GUI for this. I can, like, yeah, this mystical terminal I can open up and, and make things happen that way. Um, I think that's the biggest benefit to it is that you just get access to a whole load of stuff that you wouldn't have necessarily otherwise. Or, or easily. It makes, if you know it's there and you know how to do it, it's, it's really easy. It's just in one place. Whereas if you have to go and download an application and then work out how to use that, maybe sign up or whatever, it's, it's so much easier if you can just kind of open your terminal and then everything that is there for you. I mean, we're, just, we're talking about how easy it is. I, I, you, do, you do still have to download things. You have to install dependencies and do things either globally or in your project. And that's, we talk about how easy it is and how like simple and how much better it makes your life. I've even recently, even this <laughs> this calendar year, I've spent days just mucking around with broken <laughs> broken <laughs> things in the command line, just throwing errors and you lose hours and hours and you've not actually written any code because you're mucking around with all this configuration. Like we were talking about with build pipelines last week, the setting them up can be a hairy and horrible and unpleasant process. So there is a learning curve there, not to just use it simply, but if you're going to try and do some more complicated things then yes it's when things go wrong and kind of knowing what you've done wrong don't never do rm dash rf star or anything like that because um, if you do that that will just delete everything <laughs> in your if you do rm dash rf forward slash that deletes as much as it can that your computer will delete as much of itself as it can that it doesn't have permission <laughs> Sort of like sending sending someone to delete system thirty two back in the Windows days. It's <laughs> yeah, so you've got to be you've got to yeah. So that there's big risks in using it as well because it's not like it's got an undo. If you if you rm something, you can't press command control Z and it'll undo. That's it's gone. It's a much more hostile user working environment, isn't it? It's yeah. So like you you don't have a, a recycle bin. <laughs> you can't just go there and click. Oh, just restore that. If it's something you do uh, quite often is a permanent thing, and if you want to undo it, you have to physically redo the steps that created it. So yeah, be warned when you're going in. But maybe just uh, yeah, I would follow a tutorial on just the basics of how to use a terminal or the command line before you start trying to do some more advanced stuff. And never just copy and paste a big block of text to go in your command line from the internet because you don't know what it could be doing <laughs> yeah that's good advice that, that, that's very good advice there's a lot of like it there's so much opportunity to just not even break the thing that you're working on but literally break your computer if you get it wrong yeah you could just copy and paste something and then that that copying and pasting that command has now suddenly downloaded some software onto your computer that is now going to spy on you but in your mind you'll have gone oh that hasn't actually done anything nothing came up it seems like it's fine. So you, you might not even know. <laughs> yeah, but congratulations. You're now part of a botnet mining Bitcoin for some shady characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you've got to be really careful with these things as well. So I, I guess that's where some of the stigma comes from around the command line is that, it, like you say, it's quite a hostile place if you don't know your way around or have a good guide, for example. Yeah, I think once you've learned it and you know it, it's more. It's a more efficient place to be working. It's a more powerful place to be working. But it is harder to learn, I think. Mm. I think one place where people come across the command line a lot is probably, or maybe only use the command line, is Git. Because if you want to get something on GitHub from your computer, you're going to have to go onto the command line, I would say. It's kind of what the instructions on GitHub say. They give you instructions for the command line. So I imagine people going along would go along and do that. So if you've just got maybe just 
using Git a bit will gives you a bit of familiarity in finding where your terminal is on your computer and getting uh, getting to grips with it. And generally, if you're just if Git is at the beginning of each of your commands, you don't need to worry too much. That's not going to be able to delete anything uh, drastically. It will only be able to delete stuff that you've tried to put up onto the internet. Yeah, it's one of the least scary programs to get your head around, but. Also, I think I, I don't want to be the guy that's defending GUIs because I used to I used the terminal for everything. I very rarely fire up a GUI anymore, um, and and I would always advise. Well, repeat that I always advise people to to learn it because it's an essential. I think I think of it as being an essential skill. But even with Git, there are GUI applications that people swear by. People love them. I mean, when I well, my first sort of job in an agency, which I mentioned before, I mean, one of the things they used was a program called SourceTree, which managed their Git. It was a GUI for Git, and I hated it. I, it would break, things would go wrong all the time, and I'd just like, oh, nuts to this. I'm just getting the command line open, and I'm going to do this properly. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you want to hear more of our frustrations about version control and Git, you can go to the episode where we talk about that yeah, yeah, i remember you you've you've felt my pain you know or you know probably even better than i how frustrating that can be yes i do but yeah i'm coming around to it <laughs> the more you use it <laughs> and you weren't even fighting against a gui at that point as well <laughs> no no it's, it's as good as it could be yeah so um we've talked about like the terminal there are it's just you can essentially get a GUI for your terminal. <laughs> um so I think you and I use on Mac use something called iTerm, which is just a terminal application. Um but you can get lots of different ones and they're just basically they're all the same thing, but they've just got slightly different features. Um and they're just ways of interacting with the command line. Um but then behind them they've also got like there's a language behind them essentially that that does that reads your commands and does them for you. So I talked about bash earlier. Um, that's probably the most common one I would say. Um, so if you, generally, if you go to a standard terminal, um, you would be writing bash. So things like CD space, whatever direction you want to, you're essentially writing code. <laughs> uh, and then when you press enter, you're passing that code to a language and that's, that's doing things behind the scenes for you. But you, you, I think you use a different one, don't you, Tom? Yes, I use ZSH, um, and I think if I'm, I might be misremembering this, but I think like most modern Macs now are using ZSH by default, or ZSH if you're um, from America. I think that's if you're on Catalina or later. And but yeah, I don't think it matters too much because they're mostly interchangeable. And if you're starting, I mean, if you're listening to this and you've never used the t terminal before or never used the command line before, uh, if you're on a Mac, just use the just use the terminal application that comes with the comes with the computer, comes bundled with it. Don't worry about installing a different type of Bash or a different oh, shell is what we're talking about here for shell scripting. Don't worry about installing a different type of shell. Bash will do fine. If you're on a computer that boots up with Z shell, use that. Don't worry, I wouldn't worry about it until you have a specific need to change or a desire to change. Yeah, and I guess those those uh, perhaps I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. They're kind of more advanced things that you would be doing, but they're just. I still think it's interesting. If you're interested in this topic, then you can go and do some research on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, iTerm I use comes with a whole load of great stuff that you don't get just out of the box in the the Mac terminal app. Hmm. Yeah, code like just like command completion and skipping around just makes life slightly easier. And I like theming it is slightly easier, so it looks a bit prettier. It kind of matches my text editor. Um, 
I guess as a Vim guy, it would always match your text editor. But it's, you know, the little, 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 tiny, tiny marginal gains that count when you're programming every day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good whistle-stop tour around command lines and GUIs. So command lines are you're just typing text and interacting with your program. GUIs are the kind of the fancy graphical stuff, your normal day-to-day apps that you would use. Like your web browser, that's a that's a GUI. Yeah. Oh, I've been using Lynx all week as well, which is the uh, command line web browser, and I love <laughs> it. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so even that can be done in the terminal. Just don't, as long as you don't need images. <laughs> <laughs> Does it not come up as a, a line of zeros and ones? <laughs> I would love it if they did like an automatic ASCII conversion. I bet there's probably some kind of plugin you could get for, for that. But so far, I haven't discovered it. <laughs> It's good for testing accessibility. It's good for, so this is a program called Lynx. Um, I downloaded it with Homebrew, um, Brew install Lynx. Um, and I did try and like manually download it another way and like, got a version that wouldn't open anything that wouldn't open any web page that had a um, certificate on it for some reason. But the, the Homebrew version works fine. Um, and it just allows you to open up a web address in your terminal in a text-only format. Um, so it's really good at seeing what screen readers will see. So you can look at it and go, oh, actually, yeah, there's all this junk at the top of my website that I don't need. Look at, oh, I've got to scroll down through 10 pages of menus before I get to any content, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's really useful for highlighting highlighting things like that. Uh, yet another reason to uh, learn the command line. <laughs> uh, there are many. There are The reasons to learn the command line are myriad. And I, we str- I think we both strongly recommend anyone listening to this who doesn't know how to learn it should think, make learning it uh, probably a priority. I think like, it's gonna, it's gonna. If you're serious about programming, it's gonna make your life much easier. Yeah, don't be scared by it, but make sure you're careful when you're using it. Don't type in any commands that you don't know what they do. And you can always man if you type man space and then the command name. That will give you kind of a help sheet of what that command does. So, like, if you didn't know what RM did, um, you could type man space RM, press enter, and that comes up with the instructions. For any command on the command line, there will be man space and then the name of the command, for the most part. <laughs> if if the command is something that's in, that you've, you've already installed. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was thinking, like, the general... Yeah, the stuff that, the stuff that comes pre-installed is... There's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot for listening. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at AQOCode. And you can find us online on the web the old-fashioned way at aqoc.dev or a questionofcode.com. And tell your friends so that as many people can be helped by this podcast as possible. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.